Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, a special episode of Cartoonist Kayfabe, where we look at a history of Hawaiian comics. Before we get into that video, I had a couple of notes. First, I want to thank everybody involved with Maui Comic Con. Um, this video was recorded after Maui Comic Con. So a fantastic weekend, and many thanks to uh, everyone involved, and especially Alika Seke, uh, the owner of Maui Comics and uh, the founder and, and the guy who runs Maui Comic-Con and uh, the person who actually uh, contacted us about coming out to this event. And he will be in this video as well. He's kind of our guide to the, uh, the local comic scene. So many thanks, Alika, and everyone involved. The other note is we recorded this video right before we flew uh, back home. And as a result, we were sort of running out of time and trying to get as much done as we could and uh, made some mistakes. Alika had pulled a lot of comics and they were kind of scattered around the office where we recorded and we missed a couple of big Hawaiian cartoonists in this video. So I want to shout them out here in the beginning. First, Stan Sakai, the creator of Usagi Yojimbo. Um, we have done videos on Usagi in the past. I, I recommend you seek those out if you're unfamiliar with his work or if you are familiar with his work. He's a fantastic cartoonist, one of the great creator-owned creator uh, comics in American comics history. And uh, part of the reason I wanted to add this note in the beginning is so we could show off this beautiful drawing that Alika had prepared for the video. The other cartoonist I want to mention is Dennis Fujitaki. I know his work from Dalgado, a beautiful full-color 80s series that he did, um, but his career stretches over many decades, a very accomplished cartoonist with a lot of history. I think this is the first time we've done an episode like this, looking at a local, uh, a history of a local comics scene. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we barely scratched the surface on this, so if you have anything to add to our history of Hawaiian comics, please leave a comment below this video. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I'm Arki Kuo Johnson. Alika Seki. And we are going to do a uh, Hawaiian comics here. We're in Maui, home of Alika Seki, and uh, we've got a box of of Hawaiian comics that we're going to go through, and you guys are going to walk us through what you know and, and show us some cool stuff. Nothing more Hawaiian I, than Marvel Comics. <laughs> Barry Windsor Smith in particular. Right, yeah. but we're not here to talk about Barry Windsor Smith or... Uh, Eric Larson. Eric Larson, her. thank you very much. <laughs> Blanking on it. We are here to talk about... You hear R. Kikuo Johnson pretending he doesn't know... <laughs> that he loses that New Yorker streak. Right. Yeah, yeah, Who's right. this guy? <laughs> um, we are here to talk about this Iron Man story by Steve Lealoha and... Bill Mooney. Well, I don't know much about Bill Mooney. Can you can you tell us about him? Alika? Well, every, everybody knows him from Lost in Space, but uh, the reason I know him is because Steve Lealoha and Auntie Trina Robbins came out here and uh, told us, and they're like a wealth of knowledge, but Steve Lealoha was in a band with Bill Mooney called Seduction of the Innocents that would play at, at San Diego shows and stuff like that. And the famous image of uh, Jack Kirby and Roz Kirby dancing together, uh, you look in the background and that's Seduction of the Innocents playing. Wow. So it's just like... Uh, that one image alone is so much comics in one That's one of one the spot. most kayfabe things I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve told me that d story directly. And this story, uh, you know, Bill Mooney wrote it, but this is this is about something that happened on Maui. Uh, the Ritz-Carlton was being developed in Kapalua, and they found Evie, Hawaiian uh, remains, in the, on the site, and they continued with construction. Obviously, the Ritz-Carlton exists today. 
um, and so they found him and uh, and this is basically like a protest piece essentially I mean I'm not trying to bring heat on Steve Lealoha or anything but he kind of brought the Hawaiian perspective um, and same story Iron Man's working on a development with uh, with one of his millions of shell companies or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they find Evie on the site yeah and uh, and the spirits and this is the beginning of it this next double page spread is uh, essentially the the spirits chanting the story to so Tony Stark so it never got designated like a, an archaeological site where it would be handled with sensitivity or anything like that so I'm gonna just get technical right here and there's a burial council and so there's something called incidental finds meaning that once the construction starts all those archaeological sites that were marked before have treatment plans and plans to work around them but anything else that's found in the course of construction is considered an incidental find and they reinter those bones they move them around they do whatever the hell they want with them actually and uh, there's things there's problems with that to this very day but that's that's kind of like their workaround to treating all archaeological things properly and that's what happened here at the Ritz yeah and so what's fun about this story is besides just kind of the protest theme I got this as a subscriber this copy if, if you actually look at it has a little bit of a crease I don't know if that comes up on the camera that's from being jammed in my mailbox <laughs> when I was 10 years old and I wasn't this this was the the basic theme of the story is actually very similar to like the very like the there's a Brady Bunch episode where one of the brothers like finds a tiki, a tiki yeah like super western gaze yeah. like fakey thing and, but this is like a super kind of turning that on top of its head taking uh, Tony Stark as like the symbol of um, you know colonization and uh, all that stuff and and actually inserting real Hawaiian language in here and um, this unmissable frame right here drawn by a Hawaiian by, that's really important ne and that's the theme of I think today's show I, p I didn't pick all the books that are about Hawaii because there are hundreds and thousands I'm talking about stories that are by people from Hawaii, Hawaiians themselves. These are the stories that um, would probably count in this history. So it's a very small history, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. And this panel right here shows the begins to talk about the overthrow of uh, of Hawaii in 1893, um, illegal overthrow that Bill Clinton apologized for, um, and uh, it was just nuts as a kid to have this like, yeah. to have this appear in culture when so much of the rest of the culture was kind of whitewashing these kinds of things just ignoring it completely yeah so props to marvel comics that they let them get away yeah. with this yeah it does make me wonder like what edit editorial knew uh, what they thought. <laughs> because Marvel Comics Presents is such an odd comic, you know, it's, yeah. it's cool that these things exist where, like, you could have some creative freedom. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe fly under the editorial radar a little bit to uh, write a more personal story and, and couch it on behind Iron Man. <laughs> I, f I feel like also Uncle Steve is such a fixture in those Marvel hallways. He's a fanboy from before fandom existed. And, like, he's just in this weird position. I think he knew that he could just do that and lodge it in there somehow. And, and just to give him a little more props, he did the, uh, I believe he did the inks and color here, and, and just real admirer of this gradient that he, that he gives to the, the north side of, the, of Kwa'i there. So this next book uh, is Kukai Comics, clearly in the style of underground comics of the 70s. I think this was done in 71. The one credit uh, <laughs> 
like we don't have a lot of information on who this guy is. I don't know anything about him. Uh, Chicken Man of Manoa. <laughs> so the, Manoa is on Oahu. That's where the college is. <laughs> and there is. Uh, oh, uh, should we censor that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a thing. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm super excited to look through this. I've never seen this in my life. This is a very rare one. This is not a lot of people have this book. And just to like a, a little shout out and a flex, um, the antique freak Shane Rosberg also on Market Street down the street from my comic store. Uh, this is his copy of Kukai Comics. Uh, and you can see there's different colors on the cover. Uh, there's different kinds of binding on each of them. All purporting to be the first printing and there's no reason to think it's not. They just probably ran out of whatever and did whatever they could to get it done. Yeah, ran a second uh, a second color. You see the orange runs on both of them. May have run out of ink. May have thought this looks cool. Yeah, yeah. It's worth noting for those that don't speak. Oh, Hawaiian, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> kukai. There's a little illustration there telling you what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> little poop emoji. That's right. time. That's it. This is great, and I will add that um, these are bigger than a standard comic. Looks like about a magazine size. Yeah, they fit in a magazine size. Yeah, they're exactly magazine size, to be honest. Yeah. So that's something uh, we often note when we're looking at like uh, '80s self-published comics is that when you're self-publishing, I feel like everybody's just you're approximating, like you're trying to make this thing. So that's that's pretty cool, man. Part of the authenticity I, sometimes is getting that uh, that odd size. Just spending the week here in Maui, it, it, there's a vibe that there is a little bit of a hippie community. There is definitely like uh, the psych rock. Uh, a lot of them met on Maui, like Crosby, Spills, Nash and Young. There was a Jimi Hendrix concert up at uh, Seabury. It was at Seabury. No, I thought it was up at um. <laughs> ah. The, the film Rainbow Bridge. Poly Poly. Uh, yeah, Rainbow, yeah, yeah. Bridge, Rainbow yeah. Bridge. Part of that was filmed on the Seabury Hall campus. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> and my house when I was a little kid was right behind Seabury. Like, the horse pasture was right up against um, the Akana's yard. Mm. And we would go in their yard and feed the horses. Look at the rigor of that illustration. I really like that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is like keeps up with anything from the 70s. And this is 71. This is early 70s. It's just one cartoonist who, who does this piece? I or is feel, it there might be other this looks credits, but I only it see. Does. Yeah. The only credit you see is Chicken Man of Manoa. I see, I see Raven. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. And a I mean, the crumb influence. Absolutely huge. And I, the, so far at least, these are like one pagers. I wonder if they showed up originally in some kind of uh, week weekly magazine or. So uh, that's the other thing. Uh, there, there are other college publications that I've tried to get a hold of, and those are even hard. I've only seen one existing, and trying to find it. I've seen four copies in my life of this, so I know it's at least wow. that. That wow, there. Wait, wait, can we can we read this real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So the the cynical joke in Hawaii you hear often is uh, <laughs> the missionaries came to do good and did well, <laughs> and uh, here we have the coming of the missionaries. Of course, we are here to civilize you heathens. After I have baptized you, I'll do your daughter. <laughs> oh man, rough stuff. Hey man, wow. speaking the truth. Yeah. And, yeah, the it, and the missionaries took up a bunch of land as well, right? Alexander and Baldwin were the children of the first missionaries, so that tells you all you need to know about the motivations. We go from the missionaries to us. We want to be roasted at. <laughs> this might be a good time to shout out Dennis the Menace in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that is a fine piece of uh, cartooning, obviously, Hank Ketchum, and, it's, uh, and the perspective is historically valid and, and very interesting. But, you know, and then there's this side of the tourist, uh, you know, the local side. I don't know where that is, though. Somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a Korean bar.
Yeah, the, the cartooning is just so Raven, amazing. Like Raven the drawing and, here looks like a slightly different style too. Yes, yeah, a so little departure from that crumb style. Yeah, Raven from the so inside cover. So the two credits so far have been beautiful. Raven and Chicken Man of Manoa. Yeah, they're like a very rigorous hatching and pen line. Anybody within there's people on Oahu who probably know about these guys and are like screaming at their screens right now. So <laughs> please give us that information. I would love to. Yeah, if you had any more comics from these guys, because this is like fun, good cartooning. To and we don't. Ooh, that's even like an S. Clay Wilson kind of mm -hmm. vibe. It's like a Where's Waldo for the signature. <laughs> Here's some of the psychedelic. Yeah. I wonder if this was like connected to the college in any way. Maybe because uh, I mean, like I said, there are a couple of indie comic publications for uh, for UH that I've seen around. Little single panel cartoons scattered. I love seeing like uh, you know like a local publishing scene, oh. a self publishing scene like that. I just want to ball you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a swastika in the back. Yikes! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Man, the rigor. I love that lettering. High camel says get humped. Look at how strange this is. Like sci-fi letter, you know, the future lettering, and then really bizarre. You would see that design. exact approach in like Robert Williams' uh, Zap comics and things. Mm. Like this guy, they're, they're steeped in San Francisco underground. And there's a, like like I said, for that Slake Rock connection to Hawaii, there, there was that. Yeah, you can almost see like the posters and stuff that inform the, uh, like the undergrounds. In San Francisco, you can see that influence here for sure. Mm -hmm. Cheap airfare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, here's another. Uh, oh, that's great. like <laughs> the this, and trigger. then it it comes back, but it's not thematic <laughs> <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gotta use this for a class. <laughs> right there, the cockfights. Oh wow, wow. Okay, we've got at least three cockfights in these comics. Yeah. So that's not the... Some cultural importance. <laughs> Very <laughs> literal. Yeah. I think I know that guy. <laughs> what a spread this is. Uh, no yeah. pun intended, but, <laughs> you know, not to sleep again with this this Raven uh, artist. It's it's a approaching that outlaw vibe, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like really good. Like Stippling and cross-hatching. No, this is before Blab, but... Joe Coleman stuff and mm -hmm. the black and white blabs has that vibe to it. Yep. Hey, Put in that repetigraph. <laughs> <laughs> it's clam digging season, folks. <laughs> it's it's really powerful to see just like how far Crumb's influence stretched at that period, especially because by the time we we're reading comics, like the undergrounds were were dead for ten years and just nothing like this at all right the first zap know, issue was 69 right so mm. this is only like two years after mm. yeah super psychedelic that's a good way to close it out <laughs> that's boy's a, first really sick comic that's that viscous ass liquid. <laughs> nice man keep it rocking Alika. all right so this next one i don't know anything about uh one of our customers um, found this at a garage sale. Oh, dude. And uh, this is 1978 Captain Maui. So there are other issues of this out there. Um, this is the one we were talking about on the phone, I think. No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so talk story. 
is like an expression in Hoi that just means like uh Fala ao. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that <laughs> just means, chat. right? Just <laughs> chat. Shoot the shit is what it means. Yeah. Nineteen seventy eight. So there's credits on this one, which is interesting. But I don't uh not necessarily recognizing any of them. Captain Maui by Masaru Yamauchi. Hey, Murdoch the Mongoose. Peppo. That's Peppo. Peppo from uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get, we'll, we'll get, we'll come back. It's to coming Peppo. up. Remember Peppo. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. it's the next book in the series. Awesome. Um, How about that for some color. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a marker. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Those toxic ass old markers. So the I guess it's a, a bunch of different. It's an anthology, but this Captain Maui is of most interest. I've actually been looking for this comic for for like this is ten years. This I've is never incredibly seen it. so. Kukai comics is hard to find. This is hard to find. <laughs> Pretty much anything Hoi limited print runs on everything. It has that Fletcher Hanks go Golden Age yeah kind of rhythm to it. Primary colors. Yeah. Nice production though, you know, like that color printing was pretty sharp. So it just here's the rest of it. But Not a cheap book. They 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 all appear to be local uh, creators, but the Captain Maui actually had another a standalone book too, so that's why that was kind of of interest. This is the first one I've ever met a Hooney man. <laughs> <laughs> but um this is the first physical copy of anything I've ever held that had Captain Maui in it, so that's wow. a that's a hard one to find. So thank you to Butch. Uh, Butch Holder, he's a collector, regular at my store. Awesome. Okay, so next up uh, is Peppo. Peppo. Peppo's Pigeon to the Max, <laughs> which people in the mainland will write, this first printing was in 1981. You can already see 100,000 copies in print, 130,000. This is a very uh, well-sold book. So and mm -hmm. um, a visual comics introduction to local culture because you I mean pigeon is one of those things that you can't uh, convey to people who haven't been here and like when I moved to Boston and I wasn't around people who spoke pigeon and it you I lost it like and they were like say, how, say this say that and some kids would have been to you know Oahu when they were younger mm -hmm. and I just like I was like in Boston like it just it's not here you know what I mean yeah so pigeon is the Creole language that developed uh, in the sugar plantations due to uh, the industry importing labor from all around the world, including Japan, the Philippines, China, um, uh, Puerto Rico, even and um, German, German, the Portuguese, Germans were the Lunas, yep. the bosses. So, it yeah, and every language lent like words to it, and they all became to understand each other through that. So Peppo, so this book, it's funny that I, um, Honolulu Magazine, which is kind of like <laughs> yeah, for real, um, not for real. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you get little comics in here. The thing that actually really impresses me about Peppo's drawing is that because we have su that unique kind of ethnic history here, um, he actually draws the distinction between like Chinese guys, Filipino and guys, everybody and Japanese their, guys. Everybody has their own pigeon, man. Portuguese being notoriously the worst because they're so indistinguishable, and every word has a pigeon affectation. Like, and then you get the nerdy Japanese is a little more proper. You know? Yep, yep. And the Filipinos are heavy on the Filipino accent. Yep. Um, but I, I am I actually, especially in this, I think this is the Emma first Jang. volume. <laughs> in the second volume. Uh, oh, this is pretty good, though, because, like, uh, where's Hamo Jang? <laughs> like. You leave it leave it to Peppo to define Hamajang with a Hawaiian word. Kapakahi. <laughs> <laughs> Kapakahi is all messed up. Hamajang means drunk, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <Come on. laughs> this is not. This is definitely not for um, like a- an outsider. Like the definitions aren't going to help you. But if you live here, this is hilarious. Yeah, and it's a well-sold book, so it's like definitely culturally accurate. And there's not a lot of books like this, and that's why this is of importance. Yeah, Honolulu Magazine, which is our, I guess, local magazine, recently did a, a, a list of most important <laughs> literature from history. Uh, of the history of Hawaii, and that included Robert Louis Stevenson, Mark Twain, and Pepo, because this book is um, for every writer here in Hawaii. They get they look at this book as a resource. This uh, maneo, this word is not said much anymore. And like I was in Hana, and so I just picked it up because they would you know throw the word around, mm-hmm. and I said it out here in town one time, and the auntie was like, well, I haven't heard that word. <laughs> Ma- maneo is when you say when someone's horny. <laughs> <laughs> When did you guys encounter this? I mean, it was just on the bookstores. This came out in 81. I was born in 81. So by the yeah. time I like was... when a, you were kids. Oh, when you, I was a kid, you, it's all over, yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's pretty much the only culturally accurate comic, you know? And like R said, the other thing is, uh, in the language, is more than just the words, or it's like the inflections, it's the attitude you have when you say it. And it's all, it's a very expressive language. And these pictures are just like, you can tell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm watching a lot of this on, on the phone screen as we're recording it. And the black and white, like the spotting reminds me of Hernandez Brothers. Mm. Like it's, it looks like good cartooning in that sense. It really is. Momona fat. You know, stylistically, <laughs> like the, the finish isn't the, isn't the same. But, you know, like s- just some of the spotting of the blacks. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. That's hilarious. Oh, nah. <laughs> that's rough. That's, that's good, pretty, pretty authentic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Mo Betta. That, that was uh, adopted by uh, Spike Lee. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mo Betta Blues. Nurgis. Uh, is it like, the, so Pigeon, who, it's also like regional within the islands. You know what I mean? Like, People will uh, mess up the pigeon words themselves, you know, make their own, you know, like, um, like Nurgis. This is just like, a, you know, like a bastardization that probably was just regional to that area, you know? Yeah. Like over here, when you people want to say Duru, they say Duju. No, that's like, <laughs> so, but I never hear Oahu guys say it. <laughs> super, super regional. Yeah. It can get very specific sometimes. It's funny too to think of like the number of copies sold, you know, like like this super great seller. I would bet tourists would pick this up. Yeah, obviously. I mean, this. I mean, it's it's a great like Opihi. This is very cultural, you know, picture. Even though he's doing it the wrong way, I hope no Holly's <laughs> ideas about this at the screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's struggling, man. Look how bad he's like. It's like killing the guts and all. <laughs> yeah. Screwdriver on the rocks. No. Oh, I see. Like a dream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really, I shouldn't even say it on film, but say it. Man. The real way is butter knife. Yeah. Oh, butter knife. Yeah, or the other show. Or you, or the other show. Yeah, if yeah. you can get one to start. Yeah. Why would that be bad to say? Are you giving away like trade secrets? I just don't want any Hollies out there with butter knives. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably a bad thing to do. Yeah. Don't try this at home, or don't try this on my island. <laughs> <laughs> Pilau. Yeah, we know we know some Pilau fuckers that are here. <laughs> they catch you trying to pick up over here. Yeah, so I mean, this is a great book, obviously. Two volumes. Uh, I hear that they're working on a uh, double volume set, so still in print after all these years. Yeah, still going. They're they're, uh, they're working on a new edition. Fortieth anniversary. Ah, yeah, that's right. So, up next is a, another. 
cartoonist Corky Trinidad. He was in uh, Honolulu Star Advertiser in the 70s and 80s, and these are some of his collections. Editorial cartoons. Editorial cartoons, and this one was happening during the collapse of the Philippines with the Marcos family. Mm. Um, the Vietnam, you know, and obviously not shying. These are editorial cartoons, so getting right into it. Ah, but they're strips. Yeah, I've these are strips. Some of these are, yeah, and you know, I'll be honest, it took uh, meeting his son for me to, I got these books from his son, um, uh, Lorenzo Trinidad, who does Trinigraphics on Oahu. Great guys, by the way. He teams up with Nobuyuki, and they do the Abject Army. Um, but the scene is rich, and these guys are legacy guys. And this is uh, people on the mainland will know Corky Trinidad, though. He's he made a pretty good reputation for himself. This is looking closer to the Wizard of Id. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like a contemporary of those that time. With the Sunday books. Yeah, even the even the strips in in the uh, Vietnam one had a um, like a Doonesbury mm. kind of layout. Yeah. So these are like the single panel editorial. That's awesome. With uh, Imelda Marcos in the tank. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, if anybody remembers living through the f collapse of the Philippines in the '90s, the early '90s, this is like, you know, Imelda Marcos's closet full of shoes and starving Filipinos everywhere. Oh, there you go, '86. He also, um, I think he also did like uh, movie cartoons, like uh, in the previews. Um, somebody had mentioned something like that, but it was all these are all Oahu papers, right? What is your guys' relationship to editorial cartooning? Like, do you? I know very little about it. Like, looking yeah. at this made me think of how um, it's something I need to look at more because obviously there are a lot of great editorial cartoonists. Sure. It comes up on the Comics Journal Top 100 list. Right, um, you know, Pat right. Oliphant is, mm -hmm. is probably. Uh, the guy that we see listed a lot, but it's just something I don't know that much about. You Same. know, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Yeah. Often admire their drawings. There's you know, some like, of the like, like so Corky's solid. drawings look really good in there. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me that it would be something that that would lend itself to doing movie stuff or pop culture stuff because it looks like the sense of caricature is really strong. So this next one, uh, only a very few people know about this one. But I this am pumped for this. This is from Makwal. This is my friend uh, Jake Dar. His father, Ken Dar. Uh, and um, him and a couple friends, they're Portuguese from Makoal, Paniolo guys. And uh, this is <laughs> Rafael Bagaong. <laughs> Bagaong, if you don't know, is like a Filipino thing. It's made from fermented fish. Uh, they leave it in the barrel. The the heavy foam that floats to the top is the Bagaong. The, the juice on the bottom is patis. Um, it, it smells like what you think it smells like. Yeah, exactly, rotting <laughs> fish. Quick, A quick translation, Paniolo is a Hawaiian cowboy. It's a word for cowboy. And Portuguese is just a slang for Portuguese. Um, for And uh, a lot of that culture, you know, uh, came over here. We got the ukulele from Portugal, I believe. Yeah, a lot yeah. of Portuguese culture. And, like, it's part of the whole pigeon thing. Um, so these books were black and white on paper. And he hand watercolored most of them, he said. Some of them are not watercolored in. Um, but this one, they're all. this is all the actual him watercoloring it. It's not like a print. Bom ova olave it says down here. The, and being pigeon, being written by um, Portuguese people, like the writing of the pigeon is particularly indecipherable. Like <laughs> <laughs> me and Jake read through it, and we were like, "What word is that supposed to be?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that gives you an idea of how important Pepos is, right? It can be almost be like a yeah. Code. I mean, this is advanced Pepos. The Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Because upcountry Portuguese pigeon is some of the densest pigeon you'll ever hear. 
So the first story, Portuguese Madness, this is a story that uh, my friend was telling me. So he comes into the <laughs> to, to Makwa uh, Rodeo and he's, I like drugs. Off <laughs> 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 uh, for what? <laughs> I got to knock out pigs. <laughs> You'll have to talk to the vet. And basically, she sends him away, and he just decides to go get the pig drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the purpose is to uh, take the horns off? He, the, this pig is really aggressive, and it's messing up other animals. So, <laughs> then there's oh, the pig right there. So, he gets the pig drunk. And then... Uh, Man, it doesn't look any any uh, easier to deal with. This is a great little just farm right? farm drawing. We got all the... Up Makwa was all the farm area. My uncle JJ Costa had a farm up there. I, I grew up pick up eggs on the farm. Yeah. yeah like I grew it's, up between pastures. It was idyllic. Like we... And horse pastures every other farm. And, yep. and uh, I would like, like I said, I would go pick eggs with my uncle. My uncle JJ Costa is a Portuguese farmer. And, you know, he would take me around and tell me the birds and the point to the, the steers and the bulls and be like, you know, there's a difference between the bulls and the steers, boy. <laughs> and point at the balls. <laughs> so he starts getting him drunk. Yeah. Pig gets drunk, gets aggressive, starts knocking shit around. <laughs> and uh, finally it goes down. And uh, yeah, there it goes. Operation time. <laughs> Pliers one hand, beer in the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they go. The pig knocks out. They uh, they clip the they clip the stuff, and uh, turns out the pig died from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> you you uh, texted me this comic, just page by page, yeah. and I savored every page. I love this comic. This might be my favorite Hawaiian comic, and it's just because like. It makes me sad because this era of undergrounds. I don't know if this guy was influenced by undergrounds or if this guy was just yeah. No, I mean this thing. is a country Mokwal, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty hippie area too, Baldwin Ave. Yeah. So it's possible he 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 loved it and, and wanted to make his own, but just the idea that like those comics made people want to go, oh, this is just pieces of paper and staples. I can make my own and I can express my experience, completely unique experience that wouldn't have been recorded in any other way. Like this gets me so pumped to make comics. And it bums me out because in like five more years, the question becomes limited to like, oh, what superhero will I do? What version right, will yeah. I do? And this, yeah. um, apparently there was a second issue of this and uh, they'd never made it, but uh, his dad has the art for it still. Oh. And uh, this has come up a few times, um, not, not in Hawaiian comics per se, but like uh, Outlaw Comics, this has happened. You know what, I just wanted to comment on, oh, well, sure. we can keep going, oh, yeah. but I love this page, like the density and the lettering. It's a very graphic page and it looks like it continues, you know, as you turn, I guess this is a new story. This, oh. <coughs> yeah, but this one's about Green Harvest, which was, they uh, they would take, the cops would go around and steal marijuana from everybody in uh. Green Harvest. <laughs> and that's how everybody got addicted to ice. <laughs> they took our weed away. Oh. It's it's uh, it's definitely worth though pursuing that original art and seeing if it's um you know if there's an opportunity to to present it in some way. Well, the thing is, I uh, you know I I don't want to say too much, but I I'm trying to get this reprinted, you know, and um the the fact that Jake and Ken are still around helps us out a little. Bombs over Kaolave. I didn't actually read this story, but <laughs> I think it's about dynamite fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> and look with the um with the the tube. The 
That's hilarious. You know, he's, he's missing an opportunity for like the uh, the classic cartoon fish skeleton. Yes. Should be flying up. Uh, well, flying and then so here's all the dead fish floating <laughs> on the surface now. <laughs> wow. See, that's the difference like between like uh, somebody that's in a fishing culture yeah. versus uh, a bunch of New York cartoonists that are just drawing the, the fish, the cartoon skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, this, the, the spaces that he's drawing are, like, there's a sense of depth in a lot of these drawings that I really like. Yeah, it's wild. You wonder like how he's getting the encouragement to do this. Who he's showing it to? Exactly. That's going. This is great. Do 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 more. Do yeah. do the fishing story from last week. Right? Well, so it's him and two other friends that are, and so this is about the bombing of Kalave, and uh, you know, wartime, World War Two. They wow. think this is like a go. This might be a third story. It's amazing. A fourth story. Sorry, um, like a World War Two story. So Mala County is actually uh, four islands, and one of the islands. Uh, they used to use this target practice, and they just uh, they bombed it out, cr cracked the aquifer, um, did a lot of damage to it, uh, the military. So, yeah, wow, bombed this is something crazy. Or, uh, some outlaw-looking stuff this here. This is super. Whoa, that's amazing. Wow. It's getting to be tighter cartooning, too. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is something different right here. I mean, this is like they're in hell now, and the style is just, like, look at this. Wow. Like, what is that? I was gonna say like maybe this is uh, like a, like myth or uh, legend, some some kind of you know going that direction because you've got history, you've got culture, mm. all these different pieces in here. That's just incredible. You shall die, mortal. Wow. These are great. There's interesting cartooning too, like from the way it's lettered to uh, you know like I've seen like lettering in the margins, you mm -hmm. know, that's making notes and stuff. Like pretty. This is completely DIY. Cartooning. Yeah. Here it is, all on one page. Every technique we saw in the whole book, all on one page. We got the stipling, the yeah. yeah, thy devil's den. Okay, that's what that the devil's den. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like reading it like a Y. Wow, that's great. All right, I want to know if the back cover is also watercolored. Yep. Yep. Aloha. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> that is awesome. From the crew at Rainbow Comics. Wow. That is a, that is quite a draw. Fun. Your own comic here. <laughs> Lika, how did you find this? And is this like commonly? Is there you know? Is this known? Around? No. It's this is like uh, I think they made like a couple hundred max of these, and they this is 1987. Uh, I know his son. His son is a good friend of mine, and um, he he offered to get. And this is honestly my prize, the one comic in my collection. This like the, if you want to ask my top comic. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't put a price on that. Yeah, no. this is priceless. It's it's a piece of history. I mean, the watercolor too just makes it so precious. Right. It really does. It's a beautiful cover. Yeah. So we're now we're getting into the '90s. <laughs> this is I just have to put this out here to introduce playground culture of the Hawaii in the '90s. Every kid in Hawaii had this joke book, <laughs> and this joke book. This is Frank DeLima, is a local comedian, um, but this joke book is separated by race. Uh -oh. Wow! Each, yeah. <laughs> so that's just to show you how the culture in Hawaii. Every race is poking fun at each other. You got the Haoles, the the Yobos, the Pakes is Chinese book book. There's <laughs> Filipino, the Soles, the Buddha head is Japanese. Blalas and Tiras, that's the big ass Hawaiians. Porgi, <laughs> <laughs> the mixed plate. You know, that's a mix mixed guy. When did they cancel this guy? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Uncle Frank is actually a beloved <laughs> <laughs> fixture in Hawaii comedy. This but day. after this. Episode of Cartoon Escape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's your favorite. Oh, I'm gonna no. Hold you on, know what? Look at, that, look at that back cover real quick. 
Yeah. Ooh. Nothing wrong with that, Uncle Frank. Use <laughs> any t- having fun with the Portuguese, the Pakis, the Buddha. <laughs> if uh, you walked up to a Japanese guy and called him a Buddha head, oh man, there'd be some scrapping going on. That has a different meaning nowadays. Yeah. If you go to uh, wow, <laughs> and other Hawaiian minorities <laughs> just having fun with. Them. <laughs> but that so that I mean that's our culture, man. Like that's how we express ourselves to each other. It's such a mix, and the humor is there, and the love is there. You know, like um, nobody ever took any of these jokes personally. You know, but. This is what the kids were armed with. Uncle Frank gave everybody some bombs. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. if the current generation is still like how this reads to the current generation of, of local kids. Well, I, I, I would say this. I would say in Oahu there may be a little more would turn their nose up at it, but here on Maui it's like, oh, give me some ammo. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Played the dozens. <laughs> when does Benji get his copy? <laughs> <laughs> um, the mo- oh, the mom already teaches them some pretty bad Filipino jokes, so. Mm. <laughs> So this is just my bound copy of that Leo Aloha story. Um, is that a story that, that I'm you just were aware of? Uh, you know, like like when it was coming out. No, did you come across Steve Leo Aloha. Uncle Steve showed me his, uh, showed it to me oh, when he came here, and I got it signed by him. Alika, that's the whole Weapon X. Yeah, this is the whole with? Weapon X run. Okay, <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, that's sick, man. Uh, so and now we finally get to the first local guy to actually do it big Sam Campos nice pineapple man one through four probably a second appearance on a uh, cartoonist kayfabe yeah man because you guys were reading the wizards you popped in there well you were kindly enough to send us a, uh, some yeah that's right pineapple man and you guys stuff. opened that box on air that was awesome so the kayfabe audience will definitely know this I remember reading this buying this in the store and then going home and reading wizard and it making it appearance in the pages of Wizard. I don't know if there was ever a picture of it, but it was mentioned at least twice, maybe three times. One of the editors really loved it, but I can't remember which ep- which issues. This this is kind of a surreal time for Hawaii people um, because we're used to not being uh, understood or seen even by mainland audiences. And then the 90s, and so this is early 90s, this is also the time of the Pog explosion. Yep. Like This is a weird time for us because Pineapple Man is in mainland comic stores now. Pogs are huge, which was a regional game that we've been playing for generations. For yeah, check you know. this out. I think right it's here. worth mentioning. Let's get yeah. those out there. So, so this is, these are all from the '90s. So milk caps, you know, they put them on the bottles. They're from the early 1900s. Right. This so looks like this, this comedian we just looked at, right, <laughs> Frank? That's Frank Delima. Frank Delima. Yeah, that's him. Oh, that's right. There's some. So these would fit right in the bottom of the of the plastic lid, and then this is the tab that you use to pull it out, and. Haleakala Dairy, which is a local dairy on Maui specifically, decided to make a game out of it where you hit it and you flip it. And uh, yeah, so POGS, which is an acronym from a, a juice that Haleakala Dairy produced. Do you have, do you have a POG POG? There might be one dairy. <laughs> I, it wasn't as important to me as the other the restaurants and stuff, so oh, I yeah. had those on top. Yeah. So Afuks, if you're from Maui, like these POGS are going to be giving you a flashback. <laughs> but Afuks is a grocery store that burned down and is now... Uh, bought out by another family, so it's called like uh, Karen's or something. Um, Kiku, you said you were about to say what uh, Pog stands for. Oh yes, so uh, Pogs was a juice produced by Haleakala Dairy that was a mixture of passion fruit, orange juice, and guava. So P O G. Yeah, and uh, so this game dates back generations because actually in Japan they had um, collectible cards called Manko cards, and um, they. They were circular cards of different sizes, but the milk caps would be the stand-in for that. And you know, you just, you know, 
pile up your pogs and you know slam them down and uh, and you would like paste uh, mill caps together and stuff to make slammers and stuff. But these are all the in the '90s when the mainland got into pogs. Um, Hawaii businesses also doubled down. Yeah. And you can tell. And now they're getting into like gold foil, foil and stuff, Cupies. man. This is, this is like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is still around. I got two burgers there yesterday. That's right. right. So this was this was playground gambling, is what this is. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you, you you and we would play. We would look. Like, even Dare knew. <laughs> Take advantage of the addiction. That's right. <laughs> These kids already have an addictive personality. But are stuck. It was so ahead of it. Here's some early These oh, are actual go. just milk covers from the '60s. So yeah. So these are pre-Pog era. We call them milk covers. That's always. gonna make any Maui kid cry right there. <laughs> what worse? Shishiro Manju. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good local businesses here. I gotta shout out my family, the Seki Machine Shop. That is oh, so cool. mean. Wailana Coffee House, which just closed two years ago. Tasaka Guri Guri, <laughs> which anybody been to Maui knows what Guri Guri is about. Tasaka family, been at it since the 30s. Komoda Bakery. <laughs> Everybody knows about Komoda Bakery up in Makawao. This place, Ooka's. So this is like one of the drugstores. It not is a supermarket, but they would have like a spinner rack, you know. Like this is somewhere you could get comics. I mean, that's a design. That's hand, hand lettering. Yeah, yeah. Ooka's Market. They were um, the biggest supermarket. Now the building that was Ooka's Market is now like a cancer uh, um, place, a clinic. Kitchen cook potato chips. Best potato chips in the world. Anybody, hands down, fight me. <laughs> Three ingredients, linseed oil, potatoes, and salt, that's it. That, that right there speaks to me, man. Cause, cause eat, eat the cat? Eat the cat was on an hour before the X-Men part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yeah, right. I, I was by default all into all Fox animation. Um, these are some like uh, campaign pogs, Goro Hokama. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's even knew what's side there, bread was buttered yeah. on, you know. Here's oh here's some slammers. So these are illegal in Hawaii. You would get laughed <laughs> laughed out of the playground for bringing a metal slammer. They'd be like, "What the hell's your problem, man?" Dan Clowes out yeah, yeah. on the game. <laughs> <laughs> Back in our day, we glued like three together. Yeah, and, or, and if you were smart, you'd sneak like a quarter inside. Exactly, keep <laughs> that quarter of the inside to You're get that way. your pods. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a wild oh Akibono oh me Hawaii Yokozuna freaking Hawaii hero Pogs, man. yeah there were in the in the 90s another yeah, thing sumo like Akibono, we had three Polynesian sumo wrestlers Konishiki. they're all champions yeah Wasashi Maru I used to watch Akibono when I was a kid yeah, yeah. man that's action I, I just got back into it sumo is awesome yeah I meet my grandma watches sumo it's <laughs> it's you know it's a big sport it's bigger than football mm. and I just love how pimp those sumo wrestlers are when they win Yo, and no. they take that stack of cash off the plate yeah and the higher the rank the bigger the stack <laughs> when, so when they're awesome. just walking down the street yeah like man. people move to the side did man. you see guys out there yeah that's awesome yeah i went to the, uh, like the tokyo edo museum is the same area where the sumo practice and all the restaurants serve the meals of the sumo yeah called chunko nabe yeah 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 and uh you just see those dudes well my um rubbing. my <laughs> wife's dad uh benjamin rivera was a sumo wrestler pro professionally. He wrestled in Japan. Oh wow! Not too. My youngest son is named after Benji. Oh nice. I wish there was still sumo around. He'd, uh, Since it is Cortina's kayfabe, man. Shouts to John Tenta, aka Earthquake. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so, Pineapple Man. Yes. Com coming back to comics. Yeah. I have found Pineapple Man on the mainland after you brought it to our attention. Uh, super cool looking art. Let's see a little bit of the art. Yeah. So me and Sam Campos since. Uh, 
you know, having opened the store, I got the pleasure to meet the guy, and he's just so awesome. And, you know, I was able to procure the original cover art to issue one, which is never leaving my hands. Drawn on blue line pro paper, <laughs> like the stuff that floated so many 1990s comic shops, man. Here's the there's, yeah, color here's cover the in, in comparison. It's worth noting the insides are black and white of these. Yeah. And you can see it got wet. He's out there. Uh, he lives on the North Shore. I'm, I mean, it's just there's there's moisture in the atmosphere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He lives out in Kaava, which is the wet side of Wahoo, the north side. It's such a, uh, it, you know, like that 90s style is so yeah. obvious in, in this. And so, um, can I say, uh, he was a contemporary and good friend with Michael Turner. And Michael Turner was courting him to try to get him to come to Aspen and be a full-time comics guy. And he just didn't want to leave Hawaii. I and, can't uh, blame him for that. I know, man. Me and Jimmy are figuring out ways to, <laughs> to, to move the kayfabe compound. Anything we can do to help. Island. And this is, uh, this is the original cover art to issue three. Yeah, you can see the leap in just the kind of control of, of the style between that was issue one and this is yeah. issue three and, and it's still that that um thing of like hand drawing the feathering yeah mm -hmm. you know like those but like, i like this lines. is the 90s and so this is like candy to me like i love seeing this stuff yeah, yeah. i met sam I, I, in 96 i would have been 13 uh, probably right around here 14 and uh yeah, and I, I just remember just picking his brain like, what do you do? How do you get these published? And he was, I mean, he talked to me, I'm sure he doesn't remember, for like 12 minutes and uh, super inspiring to have a, because out here, wh who else am I going to meet? Few and far between, you're right. that guy now, Reed. <laughs> so you better you better lend people your ear when they come up and bother you, man. I'm more than happy to. Where, where did that take place? At a comic shop signing? At a little festival? No, he just happened to be in a shop on Oahu. Um, so one of his friends' shop is actually drawn into Pineapple Man too. One of the places on Oahu. Was that the place in, on the Windward side by Windward Mall? Something like that. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know the stores in Oahu very well. Don't bury the lead on uh, you the know pig, pig hunting. hunting. This is a very cultural thing out in here. What hunting wild boar? The way we do that is we have dogs. Uh, there's a dog flying off to the side somewhere over here. Yeah, yeah. The pups. The dogs hold the pig down and then you slice the pig's throat. Hardcore. Let's go do that after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to guys want to go hunting? And that's what I love. That's the, my favorite thing about these. These comics became more and more important to me as I've aged, and because Sam put in these kind of local details, really making it specific. So this next one is a big one that's very culturally accurate, and it's something that probably doesn't have. Oh, not. I'm sorry, not this one. At Sandy's, you can tell this is at Sandy's because the church tower is. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Wow. That's awesome. That's definitely a Hawaii scene. Um, okay, so we'll get pi Pineapple Man's great. But Good pose. The yeah, and he puts his mask on. But the the big culturally important uh, pages is the chicken fight. This is something that's not easy to convey to people who have not been to one or been to Hawaii and understand what they were here. But these are two pages in sequence from issue one, pages five and six, and um, drawn in nineteen ninety five. So this is, they would have like food vendors, t-shirt, chicken fight t-shirt, look, Hawaiian chicken fight t-shirt. <laughs> this is legit what a chicken fight would be like. The little kids, you know, raising their chickens. My brothers raise chickens, you know, they, um, the front banks. That's, that's a, 90s, bro. That's Tony Hawk shit. Yeah. Bones Brigade. This this is straight up like a, like very densely with local culture. Everybody had uncles who looked like this, man. 100%. The tough, the tough guy uncle with the boto shorts on. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you got to be tough to wear short shorts like that. Right. Here's That's every uncle in the 80s and 90s, man. Pineapple, pineapple Man, man cameo. That's cool. I think it's worth noting that the Pineapple Man face design, that mask, it looks like it's like some kind of Spider-Man or like Ven- a Venom or something. But what it actually is, is it's a... It's one of the ki'i. It's one of the, um, if you see like the wooden sculptures of the Hawaiian gods, that's Ku's eyes. So, Ku, the god of war. Ku, the god of war. Which is the fearsome. And this is more of the chicken fight, obviously. Guys betting on the chickens. I have experience with, with the, this paper. And look, blades on the chickens. They're, they're Impossible going Impossible to blade. ink on. And, and, you, and you could see like the humidity of, of the region, just like how the ink line just like spider webs out. If you have climate control, like the elements are against you when it comes yeah. to inking. Mm. No doubt about it. The other thing I'd point out is uh, early digital lettering that is actually printed and then cut out and uh, cut out in word balloon shapes, including the tails of the word balloons, and pasted on. Yeah, I don't think it's digital. I think it's hand lettered, but it's just on a different piece of paper. Look at those O's, man. Yeah, some I mean, of yeah, these you look know like what? You're totally right, because like the, those A's are completely different. The D's are different. Yeah. Testament to the quality of the lettering, though. That it, it's pretty, pretty. Uh, you heard that, it Sam? It is very consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's Sam good. lettered these. That's solid. Um, this is Todd Bernardi. So this is modern day. We're breaking timeline a little bit. Todd Bernardi, you met him. Kukui mm-hmm. Project. This is up Maui Comics exclusive cover. This yeah, is I like my his work. I bought a bunch of his stuff at the uh, Maui Comics. He's a stubborn Comic-Con. dude. He wants to do his comic in all graphite, man. <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys giving him a hard time about it. We give and, him uh, crap. I no, I have no problems with with graphite uh, in comics. Yeah, I think I think you and Todd have similar opinions on a lot of stuff. And this is Chase Tokutaro. Uh, this is Mandelstam in the first zine that Maui Comics published, debuted at Maui Comic Con just uh, last week. But he's another, uh, you know, process fetishist. You know, he's I picked like up some of his, p- picked up a couple of his things too. And uh, yeah, you can, you guys at home watching can see the the amount of detail and yeah, work in these. We went we went hiking and he was out there randomly sitting at a pagoda like working mm-hmm. on his comic. He he was like, I'm a bit outdoorsy, and I'm like, you better be around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more Mandelstam. That's a great little mini. I got one of those at the at the con. I I thought they were great. Yeah. Oh, you published it, didn't you? Yep. Did, yeah. Maui yeah. Comics first published zine. Yeah. Look out for more uh, more zines, more objectionable foul material from <laughs> Maui Comics. <laughs> you know, it's a nice romantic little ending with the deer rotting and the vultures picking <laughs> the hawks picking at it. <laughs> Circle of life. Circle of life. There's a. Uh, I think it that was what I oh and Walden Wong who has Oahu ties he's an inker, he was actually a protege of Art Adams who worked with Art Adams a lot, but um, this is the Amadeus Cho Hulk where he becomes the new character Braun. So shout out to Walden Wong, thanks for that man. This is this is my local kind of art folder. Um, but in the timeline we're in the '90s, right? So right concurrently with, uh, and this is, Yo, this is almost <laughs> almost zero repute here, but people know of it. And this guy is from Kauai. This is Laser Beam. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this. Yeah, yeah this guy's this. this is a self-published from Kauai, 92. Whoa. This is that mistake of like oh, man. The, the bent legs looking like amputee. And then you see it two times in a row. So it's like <laughs> run around on those knees, man. <laughs> That's so sick. Ooh, newsprint. Yeah, news. Hey, that's it's got that going for it. I love that it's still got the uh, the the thing from the. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
got it where the penny savers are. Yeah, right exactly. Here. Where's laser beam? Got to build Love up these to page it, yeah. layouts. Yeah. This is a power comic. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Do so the power comics guys like really dig for this kind of stuff? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. How rare are these? These, because this like is they're... sharp looking stuff. What I'm asking is, how can I get a guest? <laughs> uh, so this can is I the only set these? I've found by accident. I only heard about them before, and this came through in a collection, and I, I of course held on to them. Um, yeah, there's some credits looking. on here somewhere. Uh, Back cover too. So I guess there's seven issues, man. Wow, wow. That, is, <laughs> that was ambitious for a local comic. Is this that template, that ruler template with the letters? I think it is. Sure. That looks like, like to that's me. That's sick as hell. I think by issue three, they might have thought to put their credits in here. Let's find out who these people are. <laughs> you know what, man? Uh, to, to everybody almost that I got comics from at Maui Comic Con. There you go. Do better on your credits. Yeah. I was looking up a couple of the books and I just I couldn't find it's any contact info or anything and it's like And that's why I put made your names Chase on there, man. I made Chase. I was like, I gotta it. do a credits page for you, bro. Like I know you're about the art, but <laughs> put a link yeah, in there. Yeah, I mean that's not it's not limited to Hawaiian <laughs> cartoonists like anybody. Make make it easy to be found. Yeah. It happens with all the stuff we get sent. But even here, like they don't have these people's last names in here. You know? Carol Y and John Piero G. Yeah, it's such good-looking stuff, too. What a weird character design, the weird, like, legs. But it's a known property because people will bring up, when you're, like, talking about Pineapple Man and everything, they'll be like, oh, and Laser Beam? Oh, wait, here Look we go. Page, okay. I mean, that's now I'm sold on Laser Beam. All right, <laughs> I'm done talking awesome. shit about Laser Beam. <laughs> that's a good one. It's a very inventive that's spread. Awesome. I like that. A little bit of that late-period Ditko in there. Yeah. Mm. Good hands. Yeah. It's a great effect of like you know the every comic, Super every manga. action comic has that. Super and manga, that. yeah. And that's the other thing is manga had a major influence, and that's kind of like um, a good lead into actually the next stuff I got in the box, which um, you know you ask people what their first comics were, and comics was a very limited scene in Hawaii. And we uh, we should take a minute to talk about the comic stores of the '90s, which was me and Reed's uh, childhood. Sure. Um, Actually, you know what? That kind of works in with what this stuff is. Oh, the Jade Man. Jade Man's. This was a big thing in Hawaii. Like, this was... Harry sold these. He's <laughs> our boy, man. Tony Wong. <laughs> you guys talked about these on the show. I yeah. love that you guys covered Jade Man. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, anywhere I dig almost, I find Jade Man's. Totally. Like, send them to me. Some, uh, send them to me. I will be able to sell these. Somebody, somebody told me that one time when we were out digging, and after about half an hour, he, he, he shut the tap off. He, he had as many as he could take. <laughs> I, so no, be careful what you ask for. Send them this, all to me, I promise regard. you. There are people who are still waiting to finish their Buddha's palm run. <laughs> they come to me every day. They're like, you got that Jade Man? <laughs> <laughs> and will, so uh, I'll connect you to somebody. because uh, you, Open the tap. I promise you I can sell them all. Every single issue here in Hawaii is very fondly remembered. They're not rare back home. Yeah, that's weird, man, because Perry sold them. So they're... Not necessarily rare here, but people like them and collect them and hold on to them. Yeah. And uh, so that that's leading into Perry. The where did I put that? And you mentioned manga, and you know, I'll, I'll just add these were coming out of Hong Kong, I believe. Um, you know, so Chinese comics. Yeah, the art's incredible, like yes. watercolor interiors. And you know, he stayed active. Like he did a Batman graphic novel in color. Oh in really? Like twenty, I don't know, twelve or something. Yeah, it's it's fairly recent. And I mean. It's did very digital. Comic, right? He did several image comics, I believe. So, yeah. 
It's interesting to see his stuff evolve, too. I don't ever hear You'll anybody speaking it, of this stuff fondly, and when you're <laughs> here in Hawaii, it's a different story, man. This is like... Oh, this is like OG. Like, our shit is translated. Oh, yeah. This is a promo pack from the comic shop. Yeah, ours are like Mike Barron uh, yeah, 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 adaptations. Yeah, doing, doing the translation. <laughs> so, um... You know, yeah, shout I like out the colors on these. They're so dynamic. Shout out to Perry Margolin, the owner of uh, Comics Hawaii, which later became Complete Comics, uh, spelled C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, under the bridge in Wailuku, the main comic store in the 90s that everybody would remember. Um, there are uh, like five or six other stores on the island, too. And I had my friend Chris Wong uh, send me his definitive list. His mom was a uh, co-owner of one of the stores, um, which was... How unusual that logo is. It's like the, an upside down lightning bolt. Um, which was uh, Future Treasures, the baseball card shop right outside of Fun Factory. Oh, yeah. The, yeah they yeah, yeah, have yeah. a big warehouse Fun Factory in Kahului that's now at Diane's Gymnastics. <laughs> but back in the day, that was like the place to be was Fun Factory. It was a big arcade. And right outside was Future Treasures, another comic book store. And um, that was owned by David Anzai and uh, Chris Mong's mom. I'm not sure what her actual, her first name was. Illegal. When, when this when this goes away, like uh, there is no comic shop until you come back. So what happened in two thousand five is when Perry finally closed his doors. Um, he sold a few subscriptions out of his house for a little while, but the store was gone in '05. Then the timeline is there's nothing, no comic store here, and newsstands going away. Right, uh, all so all the grocery stores and stuff are slowly reducing their stock, and after a while, there's absolutely nothing. I meet my mentor, Bruce Ellsworth, who is an Overstreet Price Guide advisor in 20, uh, 20, I met him in 2010, and he gets me into the Price Guide in 2012 as a writer, as an advisor, and I ghostwrite some of his, uh, some of his um, reports. So this is the first guide I appear in, and uh, Bruce Ellsworth, um, is an old, old picture of him. Uh, he was in bad shape. Bruce's Comics and Collectibles, Waihu, Hawaii. And then uh, there's me, his ghostwriter, Bruce's Comics and Collectibles. That's pre-Maui Comics, if anybody's like, want to get OG about Maui Comics, this is the start. <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, we write, I write his report. This, this report is about some undergrounds, some of the UPC variants, and uh, you know, Daffy Kadafi because they just killed Kadafi that year. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but uh, so these com these comic stores, right? They there was actually a bunch. There was complete comics. There was um, so where my store is now, Maui Comics. We're inside Request Music, which is now owned by a guy named Joe Alouetta. In the '90s, there was a bookstore on Main Street called Annie's Bookstore, and inside that bookstore was a two racks, one bin and a rack, and it was called Joe's Comic Corner. That was Joe Alouetta, a young Joe Alouetta, who was a very much a businessman and hustler. So when my store was in trouble and I, the pandemic was starting and, uh, you know, I, if I stayed in the mall, I wouldn't have had a store anymore. So I, uh, I approached him and said, I noticed you're not using this corner. Can I just like kind of stage in here and like ride this out? And he didn't even hesitate. And then I realized you're the Joe from Joe's comic. Corner. I never like made it, that connection. Yeah. And yeah. so, so we, I would buy comics from him. So there's, okay, we're already at complete comics, future treasures, Joe's comics. That's three stores in the Kahului Wailuku area. There was this one uh, set of young guys. They opened a store on the end of Wakea Street mm -hmm. um, by where So Special used to be, yep. but now where PetSmart is. Yep. They, um, or the pet shop, or what do they call it? And uh, 
all they sold was new comics. Yeah. It was the year that Clandestine was out. That's I, I remember. <laughs> they, they, it was a long room, and they painted it black, and there were, was a new comic rack on one wall and the counter on the other, and it was only new stuff. Um, and yeah, I remember Clandestine, so it was that year, whatever year that was. And they only lasted a year. Yeah. And then there was, um, you could go uh, to Lahaina at the wharf. The stamp shop on the second floor would had a couple boxes of comics. Uh, there, that was all backstock, obviously. And um, but the real way, even before the comic shops, that people would get their comics is the drugstore racks. Uh, Nota Drug, Olkas. I don't think I ever saw comics there. I just, I just wasn't. Guess I wasn't going to those places. But well, that, I mean, that's yeah. like seventies, sixties, oh, and seventies. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like the spinner rack. Spin and then once it. complete comics and the direct yeah. market starts taking over, then it becomes these comic shops. And then the nineties boom happens. And then they're gone. At 05 is complete, holds on to the very end. And then they're gone after that. Shipping is obviously different coming to Hawaii. So I'm so paying like 70 to 80% of cover price for every book I have. Right, so everything I don't sell, like if I don't sell 75% of my stock, I'm losing money. Right. Mm. You know? Well, man, that like we were so blessed to have Perry's on the island because in addition to uh, all the big two, he was stocking all the indies i was buying first you know uh straight bullets and uh and he had great taste he sold ninja really turtles good. uh starting at the second printing yeah he was every there's turtles in people's collections there's viz comics in everybody's collection and this is all a testament to perry here's another rollover from perry's generation is my mentor bruce ellsworth before i even met him bought the last of perry's warehouse so a lot of the first stock that i started my store with I you know I I bought Bruce's stock when he passed from his uh from his widow, and um, so Perry's last warehouse fueled the beginning of Maui Comics. So there is a kind of rollover, even though I never got to talk with the guy. I don't I've never touched base with him. Or but there's other comic legends in Hawaii. So I'm gonna take this moment to shout out Ted Mays, rest in peace, who passed away last year, mm. only like six months after having closed Geckos, which was a 30 year fixture in Oahu, Kaimuki. The one main store that I would go to, the one guy I could call up with advice for retail. Ted Ted Mays is a great guy and a great fixture in the comic community, and he'll be missed. But you know that um, he was probably the diehard of that generation. Now it's all us new guys across Hawaii and a pretty hopeful scene everywhere. So we got a lot of a lot of good uh, talent out there. Kiku, would would, uh, would you get Fantagraphics books at yeah, that shop? For sure. Yeah, they'd have all the Fantagraphic stuff there, um, and. It's a testament to Perry for having all that stuff. I sh I'm sure I would have fallen out of comics long before that if it wasn't for he Perry. He had great taste. He really yeah. did try. Like, we were all ex-kids, and he would be like, that's garbage, read this. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he <laughs> would smoke cigars in the shop. He had his dog in there. I, like, rem I, remember being like, I remember being like 12 and being like, who's your favorite artist? You know, I'm with my yeah. favorite Jim Lee books, yeah. and he's like, Mac Rayboy. Whatever. I know. Yeah, he's right. Props to Perry Margolin, man. He was yeah. he was trying. It's so important, you know. Like we've had Billboy Shell from Copacetic on the show, and I mean, he's turned me on to so many artists and books. And I think this is the history of of comics for maybe the last forty years or something. You know, once the direct market shows up and these stores pop up, yeah, it's where we find other cartoonists. You know, it's it's just. Uh, yeah, it's 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 important stuff. And props to you, Alika, for carrying on the torch because your store is like, I had never actually gone through the request bins, and you've got 
an insane collection. And when I was waiting Appreciate in the that, airport man. from Oahu, I heard that also from other people who knew where I was going. It's like, oh yeah, really? Yeah, on Maui, oh. they, you know what the word was? Man, on Maui, do. they're more literate. That's what they said about really? the shop. That's what they I said try. About the shop. I mean, I try. I mean, I love to cater to the lowbrow, so I'm not gonna try to be high mock <laughs> about it, but. You know, we try to be a little literate. We got we got Archie Johnson books hey, in there. Hey, That's hey. how literate we are. <laughs> I mean, just more. This, so this is more of a background on Hawaii culture. We also got Japanese import culture more directly because our we had a public channel called KIKU, where all this tokusatsu stuff, Kikaida in particular, Common Rider, and all that was fed directly from Japan to us. Um, and especially in the '90s, it was like that's where we would get our anime and our. We'd watch it direct. I see that NHK is playing on the other. And uh, Matt, room and right once now. cable came through, my grandma, you know, NHK is available here. They actually have like three NHKs you can buy. That's the channel of man, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's they do the sumo tournaments on NHK, so you got to have that. But so big Japanese, and so like somebody like Chaso Kutaro, who's younger than us, and you know, me and Reed, of course, are ex babies from the '90s. We're in. We were born in that stuff. Yes, the younger generation and their way in is like manga and Power anime. And sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Tokusatsu, Power Rangers, obviously, yeah. And and Kikaida, shout out to Bon Daisuke who does events. Um, he did the Kawaii Comic Con. He he's around Oahu and stuff, great guy, still around, touring. But that so that's kind of a background on the comic shops leading into what our shop's about, where we come from. So that so that takes us through the nineties. So where my store is on Market Street in Wailuku is kind of like a cultural center. There's the Iao Theater, and um, this playwright, Lane Nishikawa, um, who's also done work with PBS and he's done some movies, did a play called We Were Brothers about the Nisei veterans, the second generation Japanese in Hawaii, um, you know, more associated with the 442nd Regiment and Japanese soldiers. My dad was in this play, um, and I just lead that into. I, w I went on the big spiel about Lower Main Street culture. But suffice it to say, this is a receipt from my dad's porn store on Lower Main Street, <laughs> and so you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to local culture that um, might be lost to the annals of time. I haven't seen a proper documentation of Korean bars on Lower Main Street <laughs> anywhere. I yeah. feel like Alika is setting up future appearances. He <laughs> 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 needs certain word choice. <laughs> and so this is other stuff the University Press would do. Um, you know, uh, Lee Cataluna actually is a writer with. Um, the Honolulu Star Advertiser now. A lot of journalists were doing these artistic expressions. Um, Lee Tonouchi, who did a couple of books published in Pigeon, uh, notably, and some award-winning stuff. Um, but this is back in 01, some of the earlier stuff with these guys. And um, I don't know, some guy, I, I've got to mention it. I know you guys interviewed him already, but this is my reintroduction to comics. This is how I got brought back in. Some guy gave me his copy. Uh, Travis, you're never getting this back, by the way. Um, but that, co that cover, man, is so freaking strange. And that's the Putin in a sugar mill sketched in there. I think. Oh, I, I didn't even realize that was a drawing. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> right? at like, oh, it looks it's like a part edition. of that, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> that must. I, I must have given that to Perry. You must have got that from pa or, or whoever this, bought that. This guy's name was Travis. That I got it in 08, so he probably got it from Perry yeah. before he closed. No way. 05 is the year Perry closed. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Actually, real quick, yeah. you keep you keep going, but I want to show one thing. So now we're, and this is all just a setup now for the modern Hawaiian comic scene. These are the people uh, that were at quick. the Comic-Con. Yeah. Boom. There's my contribution yeah. to, to cockfights. Oh, that's great. <laughs> in Mal, in uh, Hawaiian comics. 
But uh, I don't condone cruelty to animals, but I did go to that cockfight. <laughs> <laughs> did you win any money or not? Uh, they, they all looking at me like a narc, dude. <laughs> Who's this guy? So this is the Hawaiian Comic Book Alliance. These guys are from across all islands. Todd Bernardi with Kukui Project. John J. Murakami, whose style is compared to Peppo. He's mistaked, mistaken for him a lot, but he does uh, local greeting cards now and um, uh, regular comic uh, strip. This is... Um, Stacy Hayashi, they did a book called Journey of Heroes. Uh, Damon Wong is an illustrator. He's the current director of Bob's Burgers. Hmm. Wow. This is illustrated by him, and Stacy Hayashi uh, wrote it uh, and produced this. And it's a movie on PBS now called Journey of Heroes. Go for broke. Go for broke is the title of the PBS movie, and Bond Daisuke is in that as well as uh, Peter Shinkoda as some people might remember as Nobu from the Daredevil Netflix series. Um, and uh, so, and this came from John Jay uh, Murakami and just a sample of his cards. The dude's great. Cultural Boys Day. If you're Japanese, you know what that's about. Or if you're from Hawaii, you know what that's about. They changed the name. Now it's International Children's Day. Well, there's a Boys Day and a Girls Day. So it's like, what's Girls Day now? Uh, I, I haven't <laughs> followed. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I'm going to get canceled for calling it Boys Day. <laughs> um, and so here's the modern cartoonist, Kukui Project, with Todd Bernardi. It's a great cover. This is a Kubert School grad uh, who doesn't have enough work out there, uh, but Mark Gould, um, Native Sons. Here's some of that Amakua Guardians with Mana Comics. Chris, and this is, uh, this is uh, Sister Shark. Good name. Here's a modern crossover with Pineapple Man popping up doing his thing. I've got the original art for that cover right here. Oh man, my arms are getting tired from flexing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Genesis Seed, this is a zine. Um, Theo Lee, I told you about Canilla Trip was a colorist with Marvel during the early aughts. He also worked with uh, Wildstorm. And uh, Gamma Dice, this is Kaimana Yamada. This is a out of nowhere hit. So we got the missile scare um, a couple years ago. We thought a nuclear weapon was headed towards Hawaii. And Kaimana Yamada just took that inspiration and ran. What if that missile really did hit? And it is one of the goriest, mm -hmm. funnest outlaw books you ever seen. Like, and Check this out, squeezing a few until it pops. You think you know where this book is going? You got all these like beasts and animals and then and then you're in a church with a dude. <laughs> he's got the zombie chain yeah, up. That's always a good motif. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, he's got the best uh, and the they live face going yeah. on. <laughs> it's an amazing looking comic. It's so good, man. And, like, he just finished issue two, and it was supposed to, and this is my favorite part of the book. Yeah. This giant centipede. So if you're from Hawaii, this is, like, the stuff of nightmares. Centipedes <laughs> are everywhere, and they'll bite you up, man. But the, this, and so DJ Kavikani, I also got to mention him. And he's part of the monocomics group, but there is so many new comic creators out here. It's such a, as you saw how sparse through the decades it was, I held like one or two examples per decade. And the fact that right now in this time period we're in, they're like, I'm not getting everybody. I feel bad there's so many left out. And this is just a small sampling. Like we are an embarrassment of riches with talent out here right now. So I just wanted to make sure everybody got a shout. Uh, anybody I missed, you know, comment like, you know, make sure uh, I sound like an asshole. <laughs> One of the fun things uh, for us when we go traveling to different regions to participate in festivals and Comic-Cons are the regional talents that 
exist in every big city that we go to. Uh, and there are a lot of people who have immense talent and just haven't like broken to that you know, wider level yet or whatever. But uh, it, it definitely is very humbling uh, when you come to a new city and see people who have you know, all the chops in the world. It's super exciting this too is as his, a fan. This is Kaimana Yamada's first comic. He, and he did it himself, everything, 100% himself. It looks yeah, very really awesome. Great. Well, cool. Um, Alika, where should people seek you out? Is it cool if people uh, you know, write to you yeah. for looking for books? Come check me out on Instagram, at Maui underscore comics, Facebook, Maui Comics and Collectibles. Um, the email is Maui Comics and Collectibles at gmail.com. And also check out Maui Comic Con, because we're... That's a great community event. You guys just did appearances there. Thank you so much for spending. You've been getting tagged in a lot of pictures this, <laughs> this last week. Dude, you do so much for the community of comics on Maui. I know that without Perry's, I don't know where I'd be today. And I'm so glad that you are carrying that torch and bringing it to Maui. And um, I'm so glad that I was included and got to come home and be in part of it today. Man, thank you for being, I mean, I was begging you for like two years. <laughs> he, he told me, he said, I don't want to be at your con without a new book. I was like, nobody cares about a new book. <laughs> Kiko, where should people find or follow you? Uh, follow me on Instagram, R underscore K-I-K-U-O underscore Johnson. Um, that's the best place to find me. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Read more comics. Read more comics. Make more comics. <laughs>